welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Alright y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and with me, I got my guy, Kay. And y'all, like, we're literally, like, what, less than 24 hours away, I think, from the start of the Miami Heat season, and I'm excited. You know, we haven't really talked much about the preseason, aside from our last pod when we talked a little bit about the Heat's first preseason game against Charlotte, but then talked about... God knows what for the rest of the thing. I mean, at one point, I think we were just talking about how much of a hot mess that whole Hornets roster was because, let's face it, what else was there to talk about, you know? So we're here. Like, we're finally actually going to watch some real basketball, or at least I hope so. I mean, you never know because half of this roster might troll like last year, and then we'll just see them play, like, for real, for real by the time the playoffs come. But we're here, you know, and... I know everyone's been kind of like worked up because everyone's still been upset about this past off season. And it seems like we're still not getting any chance to really heal from it because we still see the quotes, you know, like Bradley Beal hopped on um an interview and he said like, oh, you know, I was trying to go to Miami, but then they didn't want to make it happen. So I went to Phoenix instead. Uh, Dame apparently put out a quote today saying that he had met with Jimmy um, not only before a trade to Milwaukee happened, but they even talked after it. All this stuff was happening, and it's like, okay, bro. Like, at this point, who cares? It is what it is. I'm just trying to focus with the squad we got now. So here we are. This is the roster we got. And, you know, I'll say this. We might not have Damian Lillard, but at least Miami went out and they brought in a point guard. They said we were still going to add a point guard to our roster. So they went out and brought in Drew Smith. And I know a lot of people are not high on him, but before um, I hopped on this pod, I snorted some heat culture. And I have faith that eventually he will be a 15 points per game scorer. How? I don't know. But shoot, I believe in Spo. I believe in this development team. So screw it, we both. Anyways, with that all being said, so much happened in the preseason, like I mentioned before. However, I ain't going to lie to y'all. I haven't really been watching the games because, I mean, come on. Preseason, we've seen a lot of stuff happen in the past. And we'll see performances from guys who probably won't even be on the main roster or probably won't even play much by the time the regular season comes. But I want to know, like, Kay, has there been anything that caught your eye throughout these past few preseason games we've been seeing? I mean, listen, man. I think you kind of encapsulated it perfectly with your opening spew there. Um, we've been inundated with just Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard offseason. We didn't get this and that for the entirety of the summer. It seems like within a week after the episode, um, I mean, not the episode, I apologize, in the week after the season ended, it was almost like rumors. And it's just like been so exhausting. And, of course, to come up empty um, as far as Damian, Landon Damian Lillard goes, and then to double down on that for him to go to one of your arch nemesis as far as the Eastern Conference goes in the Milwaukee Bucks, um, it, it's just kind of exhausting. So 
I'll be honest, I was tapped out during the preseason. Um, I was checked in and tapped in enough to know who the guys were, who a couple of people need to keep your eyes on. But as far as a game-to-game, play-to-play instance like I am typically, um, it was just hard to stay tapped in. But as you mentioned, on the eve of Miami Heat basketball with um, the NBA actually in itself fitting the tip off in just a minute here as we're recording this um, at 6.24 p.m. on October 24th, um, I'm I'm fully locked in. So, I mean, other than the next thing we'll get into, I mean, unless, you know, like I would say just a couple of guys that I had my eye on from preseason is pretty much all I can say. Um, you mentioned the point guard scenario, Drew Smith. Um, I, I sense the satire there in your voice. But at the same time, I'm actually excited to see what R.J. Hampton can do in this system. Um, he's still young. He's still athletic has the ability to play defense. Um, the Miami Heat tend to bring the best out of guys. I'm interested to see what he can do. Um, also, Thomas Bryant coming over um, as a secondary big. Interested to see what he do. Um, also, always interested to see the development of Nikola Jovic, um, to, you know, to see if he can continue to grow and elevate. Um, but as far as the preseason go, man, I would say, you know, Jamal Kane, uh, RJ Hampton, um, and just watching those other two bigs I mentioned continue to try to, make their hay on this roster. Those are the things that stood out to me the most. Right. And, you know, looking at, like, those young guys, I mean, you know, one thing, I don't know if I specifically said this when we did that episode of Biscayne Breakdown um, a couple weeks back, but, you know, what excites me about RJ Hampton is that we've been able to make so much out of players that we never even, well, that were never even drafted. That's like, okay, now we have a former first-round pick. You know, he was literally drafted just a couple years ago. He's now on your team. Like, what can you bring out of him? You know, like, the idea of what you can bring out in a guy like RJ Hampton excites me a lot. And then, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned guys like Jamal Kane and all them. Like, I'm just looking forward to see how much playtime they get this year because, you know, I remember, like, last year, everybody was high on Jamal Kane. Even I was because it's like, shoot. We might have another Marquette great. Might not be as great as, you know, the greatest player from Marquette's ever played for the Heat, but still, like, could be a guy that could be a good, serviceable role player down the line. And we didn't get to see him play that much. It was really a type of guy that would come out, you know, if um some of our guys was injured or whatever. But, you know, we'll see if he can step up and maybe have himself a couple games this year. But all of that aside, though, like, I look at some of these young guys and, so for me personally, I just want to see what the Heat can continue doing because at the end of the day, I mean, everyone's been stressing about the fact that we lost Max Goose, you know, we lost Gabe Vincent, you know, and that's all the crap that I had to say because that's all the crap that people was just coming out and they was just putting out there. Mind you, these people didn't even know who um Gabe Vincent and Max Struess was just a couple months ago like K like I know you can recall the space that we did with them Knicks fans a few months ago like we was up on there trying to tell people like yo y'all sleeping on Gabe Vincent y'all talking about y'all sleeping on Max Struess and they were in there like man y'all talking about Gabe Vincent you know you guys are talking about Max Struess like those are some good players and the same people who was out here talking crap about us for hyping these guys up are now the same people who are looking at this Heat team now and be like, nah, they ain't going to be able to do much because they went and lost Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, the same guys who 
they thought was going to do nothing for us when we were trying to gas them up and get people ready and warned for what they were going to do come playoff time. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm ready to see what our guys is going to do, especially to see Caleb Martin. Hopefully he can take another jump this year. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a contract year for him too. So if there's any year for him to go out there and maybe actually win the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, it's this season. But only if we can win the championship too. So uh, we're not settling for no um, ECF Finals appearances. We're coming into it this year, and we're trying to get the whole job done. That's why I got written below my name, Heat winning the 2024 championship. I do not care. Whatever y'all's opinions are, leave it at the door. I'm not going to open it, but leave it there. Aside from that, like, Kay, is there anything? You Absolutely. And I, yeah, I was going to jump right in there um, on the situation you mentioned with Kayla Martin. Yeah, I mean, of course you you hope he continues to take an elite, which you expect he will. Um, and, and it's not quite a contract. He has a player option for next year, so he has a little leeway. If he doesn't have the year he wants, he could just opt into the money. But he's on the best contract in the league. He's going to opt out and get a new deal because either way, he's already outplayed his deal. He's worthy of a raise. It's just about how big that raise is based on yeah. how well he plays this year. Um, when you think about guys like Max Struz and Gabe Benson, they were other teams' big acquisitions or part of their huge acquisition in the offseason. So to that point, you mentioned what other team downplaying them and now looking at this Miami Heat team is now, you know, losing a sizable portion of their production. Um, listen, man, that's just how it goes. But at the same time, and to that point, before they were the guys that were the loss of production or the huge acquisitions from the other team, they were just like some of these other guys we're talking about. They were yep. Cole Swatters. They were Duncan Robinsons. They were Caleb Martins. They were you know what I mean? All of these other guys that we're talking about, Jamal Keynes, um, and, and other guys that they're just going to find out nowhere, Drew Smiths even. But yeah. I, I'll put it like this. Speaking of those guys, Caleb Martin, we mentioned, I think it's an opportunity for a guy like Duncan Robinson to resurge. And another thing that I didn't really mention, and even if you look back to what I did mention, it wasn't really so much, like I said, seeing anything specific from those guys and Thomas Bryan or Jovich. Um, you know what I mean? Anybody I mentioned in the preseason, it was just an opportunity to see them and how they would look with this Miami roster. Because as I mentioned, I wasn't tapped in. Now, mm -hmm. there were a couple of games that I did watch more, you know, in preparation to doing something for the night or whatever that is. Um, and I will say, you could see the elevation of Duncan Robinson's skill set being something that looks like it's carried over. It wasn't just something slight for last year's playoffs when everybody seemed to be elevating their level of play he's creating more for himself off the dribble he's creating more for others in general um I, I look at that and see that as an absolute positive um this is a chance for him to jump back in as the Miami Heat's main shooter um and possibly you know reassert himself as one of the league's most elite shooters so that's something that you look forward to especially with the absence of guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Strews as you mentioned but, I mean, if you look at this Miami Heat team as a whole, bro, I think that that thing that I'm talking about now, the shooting, um, not just from Duncan Robinson, but from everybody on the roster, is kind of going to be the thing that helps them do whatever it is they're going to do. But we're going to get to that a little later. All right, right. We talked about the little, you know, the auxiliary guys, the, the around the fringes guys. But when you think about the Miami Heat's three main players, of course you think about Jimmy Butler. Of course you think about Bam Adebayo. And with Damian Lillard thing being well behind us, you think about Tyler Hero, right? So mm -hmm. 
talk about your expectations for them, if you don't mind. Like, what are your expectations for like Tyler, Bam, and Jimmy entering the season? Go in any order. Um, I mean, just kind of tell us what you think about that, I guess. So I'll go from like the least um, you know, thoughts for to like the player that I got the most thoughts for. So for Jimmy, I have like the least thoughts for because Jimmy is gonna be Jimmy. He's gonna have a couple games in the regular season where he's gonna play like really good but overall he might troll a bit and fans might get um tired of it they'll be like oh my gosh can you please stop doing this jimmy let's please win this game against orlando magic please jimmy please just save us one last time thank you so much but then come playoff time he's gonna be that type of beast we know he's capable of being and we're gonna be like oh shoot this guy's basically michael jordan 2.0 why can't we get him some help and it's gonna be a whole thing come then so, yeah, I'm not really worried about him, you know. I mean, the only thing is, you know, if he is to, like, not troll in the regular season and actually play like an MVP type of player, but we know he doesn't care about any of that type of accolades or whatever. So, overall, like, you know, Jimmy, he's just going to be that guy where he comes in, just tries to get the other players going, you know, try to be that facilitator, in other words, and, you know, really get some of these other dudes out there and getting their um shots in. So, He's going to be out there and, you know, probably troll a bit. And then by the time the playoffs start, we know what he's capable of doing. You know, the guy that we saw turn into, um, what's it called, a Super Saiyan last year, that's the guy we're going to see this year too. So I'm not really worried much about him. Bam will be Bam too. You know, I know some people was concerned about him at certain points of the season, but he showed up when we really needed him. I mean, people got to remember, if the Heat found a way to win the finals last year, we would have had Bam Adebayo as the finals MVP. It wouldn't have been Jimmy and um, wouldn't have been anyone else. Like, it would have been Bam's um, award to take home. So, with that all being said, I'm not too concerned about him. I know sometimes people might say certain things about him here and there. People thought that, you know, he wasn't showing up at certain moments in the playoffs and stuff. But I'm not too concerned about him because he's had his moments where he's showed up for the Heat. You know, one of his best series last year, aside from the finals, was that series against New York and stuff. So overall, I'm not really concerned about that. So I just want to see him go out there and continue to be the guy that he's capable of being, that great defender, and also that guy that could step in and help Jimmy out and, you know, kind of take that burden off of him. Because, you know... People say, and like I mentioned it before, people always say like, oh, Jimmy's been carrying this team, da, 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 da. And, you know, people don't, people, it gets people to the point where they forget the fact that he has an all-star teammate and his name is Bam Adebayo. So, you know, I want Bam to kind of look at that as fuel and be like, okay, like y'all saying Jimmy doing this by himself? Well, let me tell y'all why I was an all-star too. And let me go out there and prove y'all that I'm the third best center in the league only being behind two other um, centers who are literally MVP candidate players in Jokic and Embiid. So overall, like, I don't have too much expectations for Bam. I just wanted him to go out there and be that alien that I know he's capable of being because he's that good. He showed it in the finals last year, and I know he might have moments that might piss other players off. Same with Jimmy, but, you know... Overall, like, we know what he's capable of doing. He just has to go out there and continue to show it, you know. So he doesn't concern me much. Tyler, though. 
Tyler's the only one where I'm a little, that I'm actually somewhat skeptical of, you know, because like I said, Jimmy and Bam, they're all-star players, and I know they're going to show up for this team, especially come playoff time, and they'll have their games here and there in the regular season too. Tyler, he'll show up in the regular season. I'm not skeptical about that, but, you know, most of the slander that's come across, come after him is the fact that we don't know if he can do what he does in the regular season in the playoffs. You know, we we talked about this on the live stream, this came breakdown that we did that, you know, it was, I believe, Kevin who mentioned it. You know, like, the thing with Tyler is that some of his best moments literally came in that bubble run. You know, we haven't seen much after that. We didn't see it in the 2021 playoff run that we're not going to acknowledge whatsoever. We didn't see it much in 2022. You know, obviously... People look back on that one. It was Deem who brought up the fact that he didn't have a good series against Atlanta, you know, was struggling against guys like DeLon Wright and all them. Uh, had a couple good games against Philly, but then got injured in that series against Boston and ended up um, missing out on that pivotal game seven. And last year, we know, I mean, this past season, we know what happened, you know, hurt the hand didn't really play, but just for a few minutes in that game one against Milwaukee. So, you know, you've been through all of these trade talks. At this point, just go out there and just show people what you're capable of doing. Like, people are saying that you probably wouldn't have even been that good of a trade package for a guy like them. You know, like, Trailblazers fans was talking crazy all summer, being like, oh, we don't want Tyler Hero. Like, y'all going to bring him here for what? Like, we already got Anthony Simons, who's better than him. Like, what do we need him for? So go out there and be like, okay, well, y'all some hoes. Like, I'm literally a really good player. And if y'all don't want me, that's fine. But when I'm out here having these good games, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs too, y'all better not say nothing then. Because I'm going to be here and I'm going to be cooking each and every one of y'all when it's time to play against you guys. So... With that all being said, that's just my opinion on that for Tyler. I just need him to go out there and be the guy that he's capable of being. You know, let that success he has in the regular season, let it translate to the playoffs. We know what you've done. Just give us that 20-something points per game come playoffs. You know, when the lights are bright, go out there and do it. All right, because still, like I mentioned before, the only legit memories of Tyler showing up in the playoffs come back from the bubble and I know he can bring that success he has into the regular season into the playoffs and now that you've been through everything you've been through with these trade talks and everything show people that you know what maybe the Heat made the right move by not trading me whatsoever because now I'm out here killing it when they need me the most so with that all being said man I have high hopes for Tyler hopefully he doesn't let me down and you know let's see what happens I have to say that I totally agree with you on Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy is going to do Jimmy. Uh, he's basically going to, you know, show up when he needs to in the regular season to make certain statements. But for the most part, just be there when you need him in the playoffs to be that top five, top four, top three-ish guy or higher um, in the playoff setting. Now, when it comes to Bam Adebayo, what I did see of him in the preseason, I hope that it translates to the regular season as well. Um, because every year he shows us a little more and we're like, okay, well, maybe it's, but this year it's, I mean, so fully there. There's no hesitation. It's clear outs, it's seal offs, it's oh, easy bucket. I'm attacking my matchups. Um, when I have the absolute peak matchup for me. Um, so I, I just hope that Bam out of bio 
has really reached that point where he understands how good he is um, and just how lethal he can be with his skill set on the offensive end. And it appears that he has just based on the way that he attacked things in the preseason. Again, that's the preseason. Um, but, you know, it's been a growing thing over the last couple of seasons because even last year he was more offensively assertive, and that's what you love to see from him. I mean, it's pretty much the same sentiments you share. Bam and Jimmy are going to do what Bam and Jimmy do, which is work hard on both ends um, and put up all-star level performances when they need them the most. Whether that actually translates to being named or labeled an NBA all-star, that's, you know, yet to be seen, how they're feeling throughout the course of the season. But at the same time, we know that the level they're capable of playing up when all the chips are pushed in um, and things need to be played at the highest of levels. Now, Tyler Hero. Tyler is capable of playing to the level that matches Bam and Jimmy. He is. He's that good offensively. Now, is he going to be consistent enough to do that? Um, does he have the right mentality to do that? Um, and as you mentioned about his playoffs specifically, is he going to stay healthy enough to do that? For me, I think that he has all the motivation he need with the Dame trade, um, just based on what you're hearing and seeing. I don't like all of the social media stuff, but it is what it is. I understand it's just how he put together at this point. I don't think it's over the top, though. Um, I think he has all of the motivation he need from all of those perspectives. Um, like you said, whether it be hearing that he's not good enough trade package or not a good enough centerpiece on the trade package, hearing that he's not, you know, or maybe perhaps feeling like, wow, you know, that sentiment of being in trade rumors again next offseason as he's in trade rumors every offseason, it seems. Um, and then, you know, the pure notion of, well, they thought that this person could add more to this team than I bring. You know, he has all the motivation that he needs. Will he be consistent enough? And is he willing to, I'm not going to say adapt or conform, but is he willing to pick his moments in a manner that facilitates everybody being able to be their best selves? And I say that because what a lot of people haven't talked about, you know, coming into this part of the season, I guess you can look at, the Dame Lillard saga as a distraction. But what we haven't had a lot of conversation about is would the Miami Heat have made that run from last year had Tyler Hero not been hurt? And that was a thing yeah. exiting the finals. But the Dame Lillard saga ate that up across the summer. So we never really thought about it or talked about it. But that's important for me. And I think that because, you know, my whole thing with him last year was it was clunky. And I and I coming into last year, I thought he should be the sixth man. I've accepted it. Okay, he's a starter. Fine. But now you have to do that thing that you do. And Coach Spoh's responsible for this too, because he has to have a man-to-man -man conversation with him. He has to do that thing that he does where you pick your spots, you know when to elevate your game and you know when to let other people shine. And I think if they can all get on one congruent line there, um, I think that this Miami Heat team has a chance to be you know, in the mix as they always are. So right. to not run around the question and be analytical about it, you know what I'm saying, try to be vague about it. I think Tyler's going to have a pretty good year. I definitely think he's going to go over 20 points per game. Like I said, depending on how well he decides to mesh his top-level production with Jimmy and Bam, that's going to say a whole lot. I don't know what it's going to be indicative of, but it's going to say a whole lot one way or another. 
let's just put it that way until we see some games played. Um, I mean, to that point, though, did you have anything else on, on, on the level of play? I mean, you know, I think one point you brought up is the fact that, you know, we never really legitimately had a good discussion on, you know, the Heat success without Tyler last year. And, you know, I just want to see him go out there and show people like, you know, because one people when you're missing your one of your um key players, you know, you'll try to run with the discussion that, OK, if he was there, you know, we'll win the championship, this or that. But, you know, he got injured too early into the playoff run that I got to a point where. You know, like you mentioned, a serious discussion had to be had where would we even make it this far if Tyler was actually healthy? So if you're Tyler and you see this, like, go out there and show people. Like, nah, if the Heat had me healthy, then we probably would have given Denver a bigger fight. You know, maybe we wouldn't have went to a Game 7 with Boston because I would have been out there you know, hitting some key buckets that would have prevented us from being in that type of situation against Boston in the first place. You know, go out there and let it be known what you could have done, what we missed out on from last year's playoff run and stuff. This is the opportunity to prove it because so much attention is on the heat right now because even though we've missed out on key players in the past, I feel like now people are really acknowledging the fact that we've missed out on so much, you know, like ESPN made a whole post trolling about how, oh, we missed out on KD. We missed out on Donovan Mitchell, Beal, this guy, that guy. So it's like, you know, now if you could have a guy like Tyler to come out there and be like, that's okay. They missed out on these guys because I'm still here and I'm still going to provide this team what they need in order to win a championship. You know, not only is that good for Tyler, but it also takes a lot of attention off of the heat for missing out on those names in the first place, you know? So with that all being said, like, I just need Tyler to go out there and just simply translate what he's capable of doing in the regular season into the postseason, you know? Like, if he goes out there and has a great year, God bless him, you know, in the regular season. But my main focus is going to be what happens in the playoffs. And until then, I can't say he'll exceed my expectations. Because, like I said, I already know what he's going to do in the regular season. 20-something points, great. Good job. But we're trying to win a championship. We raise banners for um, championships. We don't raise it for being the number one seed in the East. Or we don't raise banners for because this player averaged this many points in the regular season. We put banners up for championships, and I need Tyler to put up the numbers that he does in the regular season in the games that actually matter the most, because if he can do that, then we might actually just get the opportunity to raise another banner. So that's all I got to say for that. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of it, though, okay, you want his regular season to translate to the postseason, but you got to yep. go through the regular season first. Mm -hmm. Right. With that being said, you look at the regular season win totals for the Miami Heat. According to, uh, you know, FanDuel, the Miami Heat are sitting at a cool 44 and a half wins. So you're going over or under 44 and a half wins for the Miami Heat on the year. Mm, that's so tough. I ain't going to lie because I don't know. Because, you see, here's the thing. It's not that I'm not confident in my team. But after seeing what they did last year, it's at a point where it's like, I just want to get to the playoffs. I, I know because I've already acknowledged playoffs once with Tyler, but it's like, 
last year was just so it was like an acid dream really so it's like we okay we even if we don't do good in the regular season we can go into the playoffs and still make it to the finals so it's like it's at this point where we can just jump off a plane you know like we're going skydiving and even if our parachute doesn't come out like there's still going to be something that's going to break our fall and we'll land to the ground peacefully you know that's how i feel about this team you know even if things look a little turbulent here and there and a lot of people are trying to call it out and saying that things are looking bad for us you know i'm still faithful in the fact that we could still look fine regardless so regarding the wins i'm just going to say we'll go over by how much i'm not sure but i think winning less than 44 games would be kind of a hot take so i'll say i would take the over for that and then we go off and win the championship so there you all go i'm about to give you a real hot take um <laughs> oh. i think the, i think i think the miami heat went 50 plus games bro okay. and i say that <laughs> cuz I, i was thinking you ลอสติกเราเอาสไลด์โอเคโอเคยาเอาสไลด์ซีเอ็มวีวันแชมเปี้ยนชิพไปนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะนะน
So I think that whole thing has, you know, a whole say on it. And then lastly, the whole Spo of it all. Spo tends to do the most with the least. Spo consistently does the most with the least. Out of all years, the year where we, you know, didn't get Damian Yuller, everybody coming in deflated, saying this team isn't going to do anything, this and that and that, this and that and that and this, um, this will be the year that Spo come in and ring off a Mozart of a coaching performance. So I'm going to go ahead and put it on the record. This Miami Heat team going 50-plus games. I love it. And I just got to ask a quick question. Like, one thing with the three-point shooting that scares me is that it just seems like with Miami, it can either go up and then it just goes crashing down with the way out of three, how consistently they can shoot the three balls. So I want to know, does it concern you at all? Like, let's say the Heat go out there and they have a good um season shooting the three, right? Are you mm-hmm. scared that something might happen, like what we saw a couple um, postseasons ago where they do great in the regular season? They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, but it could potentially, like, crash down completely come playoffs because that's what happened in, like, that season specifically. And then we kind of saw the opposite the year before, the following season where we were terrible in the regular season, but then we started actually hitting our threes come the playoffs time. So do you feel like we can actually have a consistent season where we're able to shoot threes like at a cons- – well, how do I say it? We're able to shoot threes good at a good rate during the um regular season but also in the playoffs as well because that's just the one thing that's been a little iffy these last couple of seasons. Well, when you look at it from that perspective, bro, I understand what you're saying. You're talking about the big dramatic swing, it being so volatile and how it happens. But I think that's where a guy like Kevin Love is important. Kevin Love traditionally hasn't been a guy that runs hot and cold. Like from game to game, he might not shoot, but he's not one of those guys where he's going to go on like a 10-game stretch where he's just cold. And I think when you have a shooter like him, a guy with experience who you could just put in the corner and say, look, let the thing go. Um, that separates, you know, that gives you a guy that can, you know, instantly get your team going. And like I said, with the whole mechanism that I spoke of earlier with them being so bad as a unit, they're, they're just going to be nights, in my opinion, based on that, where, you know, the whole team is going to be flowing, but every night there should be one guy that's hitting a three. I mean, you look at what Kayla Martin did from a shooting perspective last season, you look at, um, what Jamal Kane has been able to do in the preseason. Of course, the preseason isn't the regular season, but you look at what he has been able to do. Um, who knows who they're going to add? And that's what I'm thinking about. Also, the tweaks that they're bound to make um, with this roster because we're looking at a particular point guard right now on the Miami Heat's roster who we haven't mentioned at all much, if all, <laughs> during this episode um, that's bound to get moved. And again, I don't have a problem with the guy. Kyle Lowry, I'm not going to play no games. I don't have a problem with Kyle Lowry. Um, I feel like Kyle Lowry has, you know, been underwhelming according to his contract, but Kyle Lowry has had some big moments. Am I overjoyed with what he's done during his heat tenure? No. But am I going to poo-poo on Kyle Lowry? Absolutely not. Um, Because, like, I feel like he's given us what he's had to give. I just don't feel like he's always put himself in the best position to maximize what that was he had to give. And that's a whole nother episode, which we may get to the, on the best break at some point, which we're going to hit you with later this week. I promise maybe after the game um, tomorrow as they demolish the Pistons. But before I ask you, you know, where you think the Miami Heat going to finish in the East, 
Um, I know we just went to games, but before I ask you where you think they're going to finish in the East, I got to mention this. When you look at the Miami Heat schedule um, from October 25th to the end of December, it's about 30 games, right? And out mm-hmm. of those 30 games, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, over half of their first 30 games are on the road. And if you look right into the new year, their first three games. So let's just say 19 of their first 33 games are on the road. If they can get through that stretch, um, 500 or better, hey, I think we're cooking with grease, baby. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that because, you know, you play those 19 games and that means you're going to have a little more of a convenient schedule at home later on in the season. 33. 33. 33. Because, like, it's pretty much your first half. Like, your Mm -hmm. first 30, like I said, your first half of your season right up through the new year, you're on the road a lot. But, like I said, once you're you're gearing, once you're gelling, once your team is hopefully looking like what it's going to look like, when you get into those crucial moments in the postseason, once everybody's gotten their rhythm, gotten their legs up under them, got a lather, I mean, yep. you really hit that stretch where you get some games not only, you know, that are in the confines of your own place, but you're allowed to work more because you're not on the road. Because you know how they say there's not really a bunch of game prep and film watching during the season anyway, but especially when you're on the road, you don't have the confines of, like, you know, your home technology or the comforts or whatever like that. So, I mean, I, I, like I said, man, all gearing towards that 50 win thing, man. I think the Miami Heat are going to surprise some people like they do. I believe in Jimmy Butler that much. I, I really do. And I think Tyler Harrow has the motivation he needs. Right. So, listen, let me ask you this before we get out of here, bro. What do you think they're going to finish at in the East? It's tough because, you know, the idea of them finishing as a 50 win team, I mean, knowing how Jimmy Butler is in the squad, I mean, it's definitely not out of the question. So, there is that, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if they'd finish above Boston or or um, Milwaukee. So definitely at least the three seed is the highest for me. Um, I don't think they would, I think they would rank high above Philly if, if they can't solve this James Harden situation or at least can't get a decent package in return for him. So that could possibly factor into it. So for me personally, I think the most realistic seed I could see them get is somewhere between a three or four seed. I don't think they'll go back into the play-in this time around. I think three seed could be the very best, but the six seed could be the very worst. All right. Like I think a three or four seed is realistic. I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Cleveland or maybe even a New York comes out and has like a really good year, but then they crash and burn in the playoffs like usual. So that's the thing. So it's not me saying they'll have they'll just be a better team than the Heat, but simply because they'll just go out in the regular season and just have a good year. So right. Oh no, we know how that goes. Yeah. And then we and then I mean, bleep me out in post. We kick their ass in the postseason <laughs> when it matter. I got you. The Bulls, yeah. the, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Cavaliers, whatever. You know how it goes. Yeah. So like if so I'd say maybe a team like a Cleveland, maybe even New York too. Maybe both of them come in and push us to the five seed. Who knows? But I think three seed would be the very best scenario for this team. If not four or five, six would be the very worst scenario. But I, it's hard for me to see us fall back to the seven or eight seed. 
Um, but really, I don't care. Make us the eighth seed, make us the seventh seed, make us whatever. We're still going to handle these teams, and we're going back to the finals, and we're going to get the job done. So it is what it is. All right, look, man, I'm, I'm, I will say I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but I'd be lying. I'm going to take about three, four minutes of your time, but I'm going to give you a good you synopsis say. right here. I'm going to give you a good synopsis. Listen, the Miami Heat could finish one, and I'm going to tell you because – the Milwaukee Bucks aren't as certain as everybody wants to believe. It's a rookie coach, first-year guy. Yep. Um, you also have to consider the fact that they're going from being a defensive team to now leaning heavily on the offense. They went all in on the offense. And yep. I say that because you lose Drew Holiday, who was the fulcrum of that offense, and you look at Brooke Lopez, who's getting older every year. And I'm not saying he's too old because we take him. I'm just saying, he, you know, you, you have to factor that in even if he's not going to be as fresh all the time as he typically would last year, even the year before last, whatever, whatever. Then you also have the questions surrounding Chris Middleton. Now, when it comes to them, I actually believe they'll figure it out. When you look at a team like Boston now, who brought in Chris Stapps, broke my knees. I mean, Porzingis. <laughs> um, and when you, you know what I'm saying? Lost Grant Williams, shipped out Marcus Smart. Um, Rob Williams. Yeah, they brought it. They Rob, Robert Williams. Oh, my Lord. Um, a problem for us in the playoffs. But that's something we'll talk about as the season progresses. Malcolm such Brock, a, such a foolish move. Bro, all guys, like, listen, man. Um, You brought in Drew Holiday. Absolutely. But, and he brings what they bring from a actual basketball perspective. Toughness, ability. He's a point guard. That's something they can handle. But you're not going to get the most out of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum without the rock in their hand. So I can see him standing around the corner a lot, but that's neither here nor there either. Long story short, all I'm saying is, if you look at it from that perspective, I don't think that the Boston Celtics are going to be as good as everybody thinks they're going to be. And you can't trust Porzingis' health. And then when you look at it from the other side, what they lost from Marcus Spark being able to say exactly what he wanted to to anybody in that locker room, and they take it the way that they should take it which is the motivating way and not like a get out of my face way, but also being there to make those hustle plays, to make those tough plays, to make those heart gut wrenching plays that motivate the team and make the big defensive play um, to grab the big board. But then you lose the toughness of Grant Williams. Like you said, the rim protection that really bothered the Miami heat all around with Robert Williams specifically. Yep. I, I just don't think that this Boston Celtics team is going to be um, as good as everybody else do. And whereas I believe in the Bucks and them figuring it out, I do not believe that about Boston. So right. I said that to say, look, the Miami Heat could finish one. I actually believe they're going to finish two. If I'm being realistic and just like I said, you know, we didn't add anything. Everybody else did. So, you know, I'm going to play the ESPN game. I'll say three. But if, since you gave a range, I'm going to give a range. The Miami Heat will finish somewhere between two and four. I like that. I mean, I'll say this, you know, because we did, you did mention Boston. I'm not too concerned about them because they only have six players that are like legit rotational guys. Five and like, five, five and a half, five and a half. Because like I'm telling you, Pozingas, he'll be sitting by game four. Yeah, because like you look at Tatum, Brown. Who's going to play more, Rob Williams or Pozingas in their Boston career? Mm. Rob Williams might. Oh. Rob, you're going to be looking at Rob Williams like, man, I miss it. Rob used to play a whole lot. Yeah. And even and that, Rob didn't play. And like, <laughs> right. not to be mean, like that man's legs was basically made out of like what? 
filet mignon at this point because aluminum foil they help you like so even then i mean because like they really just don't have that deep of a team anymore because it's tatum brown holiday porzingis Derek white and then 50 year old out horford so i mean well they just gave Pritchard some money I mean, shoot, shout-outs to him, but I don't really got that type of faith in him. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I don't know. Like, who's supposed well, to Well, I, I didn't name him in a sense of, oh, Pritchard, Pritchard. I just said they just gave him money. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> no, like, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. like, him, Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, like, none of these Ooh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm <laughs> oh my gosh! Could you imagine like Bam having to guard one of those guys if Porzingis or um Horford is in foul trouble? Like imagine that, or if we got a guy like Thomas Bryant on them, like it's gonna be so ugly. Like, jeez, man. I, I'm excited though, regardless. So it is what it is. Yeah, it's not my team to worry about. <laughs> hey, look, the Pistons, the Pistons, they coach by Monty. It's gonna, it's a good opening game. Not too, not too hard. Um, not too easy because I think they're gonna be coached well and they got some young electric talent first game thing. So you know they're gonna be up to play us. Um, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yep. Like just go out there and get this win. Bogdanovich isn't playing, so you know, no excuses. Just go out there, give us a nice little 40 point win, and I'll be happy, you know. Let's see. And then with that all being said, man, I mean, Kay, is there anything else you got to say to, like, Heat fans out there that's getting ready for this new season? Because I know some of them are still panicking, especially because Bradley Beal and Dame won't shut up with these things. Like, we get it. Y'all wanted to come here. Just get ready with y'all new teams and move on. Like, anything y'all want to tell the folks listening to this? Nah, man. Just uh, relax. Chill out. Uh, it's a long season, but like I said, I think the Miami Heat going to surprise a lot of people. We're going to have a fun year because it ain't no pressure. But then at the end of the day, we're going to be right there. And like I said, they're going to surprise people because they got they got a chip on their shoulder. But it ain't no pressure because we lost. We, yep. we I mean, think about it. Like, we, 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 we didn't get the guy. Like, people ain't expecting nothing from the Miami Heat, honestly. Seriously. Like, people, you know what I'm saying? Like, people looking at the Miami Heat like, huh, what are they going to do? So, you know, the pressure off, come out. Play ball, like I said, I think the shooting to come back, um, and I think we're gonna see some. We're gonna see some uh, good Miami Heat basketball. Honestly, I think we're gonna see a motivated team with a chip on their shoulder once they can tip off on Wednesday, man. Right, and I don't agree anymore. And with that being said, like you mentioned, it's gonna be a long season, but you know, if you got the guts, you'll stick around and see what this team is capable of doing. And well, there's one guy I'm counting on, and it's this dude right here. Jimmy Butler, bro, take us to the promised land. Let's go win this championship. I believe in you. I believe in this squad. I don't care who's not here. Gabe Vincent, Max Drews, whatever other guy we picked up from LA Fitness. Let's go get this job done. Let's go heat. Let's go show people why we're that team and why we're capable of winning it all. Everyone's sleeping on us, but that's fine because we about to get the alarms ready, set, and before you know it, people will know us very soon again. So with that being said, thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow my guy K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Joel K Jacob underscore. And make sure to follow Heat vs. the World on all platforms at HVTW podcast. So much content heading your way, not only with new Heat vs. the World pod episodes, 
but you also got new episodes of Biscayne Breakdown, The Kickback, Dolphins vs. The World. So much content is heading our way, so please be excited. Please stick around because it's going to be a fun season. The Heat are going to keep winning games, and we're going to keep pumping that content out. So let's have fun. Let's have a great season. Let's go Heat. And the Heat, man, like I said, 2024 champions. I do not give a freak, bro. So stand up and make some noise for the squad because we're going to shock a lot of people. With that being said, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.